Hour number two, Darren, Donick, and Chase. Teron Davenport in studio with us. Talking with TD and Chase on Friday night, 6 to mm-hmm. 8. Right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. He's the NFL Nation reporter for the Titans, ESPN, ESPN.com. Also, his podcast. Check it out. Does great work on all facets. And kind of like the, the Titans. They get, uh, it was hairy. It was a crazy game. It was a back and forth affair. It was 3-3 after one quarter. What was it? 10-10 at the half. They just kept trading blows. Nothing in the third. And then they get after it in the fourth. I mean, what did everybody think whenever the Titans, Derrick Henry scores, and it's like they go up 10, you know, late in the fourth, and you're thinking, all right, a driver's seat, huh? Especially a game like this, the way it's yeah. gone, driver's seat. And Phillip Rivers scores in what, a minute and a half? Yep. He does what Phillip Rivers does. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But don't you think that that is – Teron, this is really the question because I think that is the league, right? Look at the three home games that the Titans have played. All three, from the Titans' perspective, you're sitting there going, there was a point in the game late in the fourth quarter, late in the third, that the Titans had a grasp on the game. They're right there. You know, that Bills game where they end up missing the field goal. You know, they had the two touchdowns called back, and then they missed the field goal. They had all the field goal issues. The Colts game had all those issues where they were right on the cusp, couldn't pull it off. It's a play here, play there. They could have won all three. But the reality is in the NFL, there's tons of games like that every week, right? But what is going to be the difference between getting to the, to the top of the division or being there at 8-8, eight 9-7? Eight, because that's what that, it looks like that's what's facing them right now. And, they had a firm grasp on that game and still had to hang by a half a yard, mm-hmm. right, to win. Yeah, I, I think the fact that they won this game really is the thing we should focus on because a, a play like that finally went their way. Yeah. You look at those close games, the Colts game, you look at the uh, the Bills game, you know, a play didn't go their way. Mariota just had – a fraction of his body passed maybe the line he did, of scrimmage. Maybe he didn't. You know, it, they they didn't get it. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it was ruled right. that he they didn't get. The you goal. know what I mean when he threw the touchdown? It was ruled that he was passing line. Imagine the difference that would have happened had he made that. You know, had that play been ruled differently. Great example. Great example. And that's the thing: the ball has to continue to bounce their way right now because, as of now, they're not a team that can overcome. Those balls, that that fortune not shining on their side of the field. And that's what happened yesterday. Well, they get the good news. Jeffrey Simmons, as we've talked about, is back in the lineup. And hopefully he'll get better every week. But He's not back. He's in the lineup. He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. He's, but he's, he's, back, he's first, back, back in action. He's right. back yeah. in action. Yeah. And now, moving forward, hopefully he gets better every week. And so they finally get him in the fold. And I think we all suspect it was sooner, it was sooner than we thought. I mean, I, I'm impressed with that. But... As you know, an NFL season goes along. The Chargers dealt with it certainly yesterday. Everybody around the league deals with it. Bodies start falling. You get to that Mm -hmm. midway point, and everybody's dealing with tons of injuries. That's the other X factor that can change everything. How do you think? What's the fallout from yesterday's game? I mean, how do you think this is going to look moving forward, them on the injury front? Well, we need to find out what's going on with Adore Jackson's foot. Mm -hmm. Okay, LaShawn Sims came in, and he played well, actually. Really good defense with Keenan Allen on a deep pass. Uh, we need to find out what's up with his foot. 
We need to find out his, meaning Dory Jackson, right? Delaney, Walker, this ankle, it was re-aggravated, and he played, I think it was only five snaps. Five snaps. He played. Jonu Smith, though, listen, no Look. one is giving that man credit. That dude has developed the 35-yard catch and run. That was a legit play, man. He caught the ball short of the sticks. What about over-the-shoulder catch? Fought that one, too, the one we talked about yeah. initially. But that 35-yard one was even bigger. Giant. Two big bro- broken tackles. Hey, man. he Exactly. That, that's a giveaway play. Maybe he'll do it. You know, but but hey, we'll just get a few more yards, and he just makes something happen. Those plays are so valuable. And here's the thing: Jonu Smith has shown a degree of explosiveness. Look at the the Texans game last year; we had that long uh, catch and run. But he's also showed toughness, and he's a willing blocker. And I think he stepped in very well in place of Delaney Walker. But to get back on track, the ankle is something we need to be concerned about. We need to you know keep in mind as as we're moving forward. Jack Conklin, I mean. <laughs> he he was basically for for most of that game. He was toward the front, right? He was on that bike for a good <laughs> three quarters. <laughs> you know, uh, not three quarters, but for uh, about two two and a half quarters of that game, right? Until did Reggie Gilbert did he get the yellow off. jacket, or were he, they, the they should have given I, him the yellow jacket because he was riding that thing, man. And it's a thigh, so they tried to work that out. Uh, I don't know what the situation is there. Uh, Jayon Brown, Jayon Brown, the groin. I, I listen. I know personally about groins. Let me tell you, man. That's that, a, just think about what yeah. you said. I know personally about groins. Uh, I, 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 I feel like I'm in the middle of a yeah. Beavis and Butthead movie now. Yeah, uh, the yeah, groin. He said groin. Yeah. But seriously, I know that was an injury that I remember every training camp I had to deal with, and it's no joke. So hopefully it's not too severe. But uh, once you tweak that, man, it's it's not right again for a little bit. So hopefully, you know, he could come back from that. And Those he relies are, on his speed so much. Right, and change of direction. Those yep. are two things. But so. the depth the depth that they have built over the last couple of years, I think, shows up there. Don't you yeah, think? Yeah, it With, does. With having a guy like Woodyard to, to bring in. And then you got you to gotta remember Dave Long Jr. And, and it's so – I tweeted it yesterday because a lot of people – I said, oh, well, the Titans aren't getting anything out of this draft class. Well, Jeffrey Simmons had a sack, two tackles for loss – the big play to to a big move in that big play. David Long had a couple nice plays as well, filling in for Jayon Brown and Wesley Woodyard, you know, and getting in the rotation. He had a tackle for a five yard loss. It was actually right after Jeffrey Simmons' first tackle for a loss on the screen. Have they been watching AJ Brown this year? I mean, I I can't even think of a well, they were receiver that, that's been more impactful since they've been in Nashville than him. Right, and they were saying that AJ Brown was the only one. Okay, but then you you have Nate Davis who is a starter. You have a mining Hooker who's getting significant snaps in big nickel. The way th- Nate Davis got hurt too, right? Yeah, and that's that's I couldn't remember the other yep. one, Nate Davis, right? And, and so I I think it's safe to say that they're getting an immediate contribution from this draft class, even from a guy that. No one expected to have as big of a contribution as Jeffrey Simmons. Every team is dealing with it. You saw the Chargers, right? They had a lot of guys going down during the game. They're probably sitting there going, don't even talk to us about injuries, right? right. They've got yeah. all kinds of guys. Yeah. But the winning that game at 3-4 and four still gives you hope. Now you have the Chargers flying back last night going, oh, now we're 2-5. and five. We got yeah. all these guys hurt. Yeah. So Every team has got those injuries, it, but it's, what have you done to build the depth? What have you done to develop those guys behind the starters to get by for a few weeks if you have to? And that's the thing. Last time I checked, the Titans are, are pretty solid two and three deep. 
I, I, I think that's the biggest strength of their roster. But everybody wants to say, oh, John Robinson isn't doing a good job. I think J-Rob is doing an excellent job. Granted, they're not a Super Bowl contender, right? But they are built to a point where they can have big-time guys. There's some of their starters go down and still have players to come in. And I still think that Jeffrey Simmons thing, and, and if I could make a comparison that I, I've continued to make since uh, he came out as a prospect, he reminds me very much of Fletcher Cox. Mm. And I, I'm not brought talking that up uh, a few times. Yeah, yeah, he reminds me very much because he could be effective as a D tackle rushing the passer, as a defensive end rushing the pass. His first sack, his sack yesterday came as a DN, where they had a little little twist going with he and and Daquan Jones, right? And for me, the other similarity is when that dude gets his hands on somebody like that initial punch. You see offensive alignment like they really step back, and that's what Fletcher Cox has done throughout his career. You know that play that you showed me? You know who you reminded me of? Who's that? That play? Big Al. Big I Al. I knew you were going to say that. He was there Big yesterday. Al. He was there yesterday, man. It was really good to you know, give Big Al a, a hug. You. you know what I mean? And, and That dude, when he yeah. was on, was – how many times did we say, did you see Hainsworth yeah. blow up? Yep. Not a guy. Blow up an Multiple. offensive line? Yeah. And the guy playing alongside of him is pretty darn good. So that that's what you really start thinking about. Hey, what could like, those two right. guys, Casey and Simmons, together? Are you going to yeah. say the big three? Hey, yeah. listen, man, Rick Ross, <laughs> he comes out there and plays <laughs> ball, man. I give him credit. It never shows up in the box score, but don't But you've got a scheme for one. those guys. That's what opens yeah. things up for other guys to all of a sudden. Now you're getting one-on-ones. You're getting to the quarterback yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. You completely took the running game away yesterday. Not that the Chargers have been running the ball. They've struggled to do They so. have really struggled, but they got nothing in the running game. Couldn't get nah. a yard, obviously, when it counted. We'll That's come it. back, look at the lay of the land in the division. The Bucks are up next. We'll continue our discussion with Tron Davenport. On the other side of Darren, Donick, and Chase, ESPN, 102.5, the game. Defend every inch of grass, Tom. When I came off the ball, I knew that I was going to get uh, the guard by itself. So my job is to knock my man back. I'm going to beat the man that's in front of me. And I feel like I did a great job of that. Big Jeff after the 23-20 win. And as Teron told us during the break, Big Jeff with the swaggy shoes, man. You took a picture. Yeah, he, I told him. I said, okay, big fella, you, you, know, you a swaggy <laughs> D-lineman, ain't you? He has some Louboutinis on, uh, red bottoms. You know what I mean? and uh, No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw the pictures, but I don't have those in my closet. Yeah, me me either. You Chris know, Mason I, maybe could, you know, he could relay a little bit. He's yeah, going to bring in some. I agree. Bring a little flair to the uh -huh. shoe wear. Yep. But that was, he, even even Mace would be impressed with those. Yeah. From he, Simmons. Those he, were good. You, you got to like that, man. That is. You got to like, like that. You got to like that. You know, so. I thought it was noteworthy. Didn't you guys, in the post-game press conference when he was, when Mike Vrabel was asked about Simmons. He really was glowing. Not he said, you know, I haven't seen the tape, and it, it looked like he was noticeable out there. But it was more the satisfaction of him getting to this point mm. to where he can play. He, you could tell the admiration that he has, and you could also sense this organizational. They backed this guy, yeah. right? Despite the the one critical screw up that he had right. on tape in front of everybody, he's been through all that. They really believe in this guy, it I, seems like. I think it's safe to bury that and never mention that again. I, I, I'm with you on and that. And the thing that stood out to me about that statement is Rabel said he is a better person 
than a football player. That's what he said. And we expect him to be a great football player for years to come. That's a really good endorsement of Simmons. And I will say this, in seeing him in the locker room, he's always willing to talk with us, you know, since he's been available. He is a very humble giant, you know what I mean, when he's off the football field. And then he's taken part in pretty much every single thing that the Titans rookies have been asked to do as far as off the field on Community Tuesdays. And then even just seeing him yesterday, man, he took time. He walked basically from just past the goalpost to where you go in and signed, took selfies and everything awesome. like that for the fans. I, I think that's remarkable. Love so you're saying that. he gets it. I Exactly. he get, This rookie class gets it. Yeah. Because A.J. Brown is, is, is the same way. And I, I think, you know, their top two rookies – they are, are awesome picks for this franchise. I, I want to go back to something you said earlier about this draft class and how they're making an instant impact because mm-hmm. when we last week when it was all doom and gloom and <laughs> trying to figure out who to blame. and Life comes at you, you know, fast. Right. John Robinson comes into question. I mean, he, yeah. you have to. The, he's the top dog. So, you know, I, I made the statement, and we talked about this on Friday night, of I question the free agency signings more than I do the draft classes mm-hmm. because I think while there are still some incompletes, in his drafting, I feel like overall he's been pretty good. You're not going to hit on every pick, but yeah. this draft class had, potentially could be his best one. Yeah, it could, and at top to bottom, it's a very solid class. Like I yeah. said, you're getting contributions one way or another from everybody. David Long is is a guy that will probably come in and and you know uh, be a rotational linebacker for them, a special teams gem. So that's a really good pick, Monty Hooker. We mentioned him, so I, I think. They, he's he's gotten done some a, snaps. Yeah, every uh, some significant yeah, ones, man. Big ones. They go that they go to that big nickel. He gives them flexibility to go nickel against the run when when they want to do that. You know, with with he, Bayard and Vaccaro as the safeties. Why did things we talked about through the first six games, for the most part, not play out in this game? Why are we not harping on the sacks and the running game and the offensive line and the quarterback play? Why why was it way better? It can't, it can't be just because of 17, is it? I'm going to go to my partner in crime. What's what's the key phrase? On schedule? Basically. That's really what it is. There is no holding on to the football. But at the same time, I will say there there was improved play up front. I mean, frankly, outside of Joey Bosa, the, the Chargers defensive line was relatively uh, inexistent. So that definitely contributes to it. Again, I am I refuse. I absolutely refuse. Do you understand me? Refuse to say that it was all on Marcus Mariota. But Tannehill getting that ball out quicker and staying on schedule with the throws, it definitely helps the team a lot, that offense specifically. Well, I, what I said after the the duty in Denver is nothing changed. He got sacked a bunch too. They didn't put up any points. But what I said all last week is he looked like he had a plan. He looked like he knew what he was doing. They broke huddle, and he had an idea of what he was going to do with the football. Exactly. And I said, that's what was different to me. And I, quite honestly, to what you guys are saying, it, it played out that way Sunday. I mean, yeah. same thing. Yeah, the decisiveness, the approaching the line of scrimmage with a plan. It's, it's definitely something that I don't care if you're the biggest Marcus Mariota supporter. You have to acknowledge that. It is what it is, man. This guy – right now is a better fit than Mariota was for the offense. And Chase, you know, we, we talked about this at length last week. 
he's a better fit. It's the bottom yeah. line. Everything is 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 just it's it's more fluent with him as the quarterback because he's someone that's going to quickly go through the reads and, and and find where he has to go with the football and and go there. He sees it, he believes it, and he lets it rip. I think another thing too, because I see just with this team, I do feel like they are a team and they play as a yeah. team, they live and die as a team. And going back to something I said earlier about Lawan, did he take it personally? I, I don't think it's just him. I think it's the rest of the offense that in some ways, whether it's on Marcus or it isn't, they look at it as, you know what, we failed because it didn't work with him. Now, Ryan Tannehill may be a better fit for the system and it's going to be better moving forward and we're going to see that more and more as the weeks go on. But I do think there's a little bit of shouldering the blame by everybody on that offense. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's shock and awe, right? <laughs> Nobody yeah. expected Mariota, uh, at least on that team, right? None of them expected Mariota to get benched after six games, right? Nobody expected that. For play. Everybody, for thought, play. It was, everybody thought it would be injury. So for that to happen, it's shocking to yeah. to them. All these guys, all they pretty much all of them, that's all they know is is Mariota as the quarterback. So it's shocking to them. And it just it gave them a jolt and everyone's game stepped up. So the Colts beat the Texans. So that we knew somebody was going to lose. The Jags going to Cincinnati and win. The Titans beat the Chargers. Everybody's right there, jumbled mess, 4-2, four, 4-3, two, four, and two three and fours. And isn't that kind of what we thought we would see? Precisely. Like, even even without luck, I felt like the Colts would be competitive right around 500. They're better than I thought. I think Frank Reich has got to be touted as just a brilliant coach. They, they, every week they give themselves a chance. They're getting everything they can out of Brissett, and his numbers look great. They, would they be more than 4-2 and two if they had luck? I don't know. Brissett is playing well. Brissett is doing the, the job. I, I, I didn't see the game last night, but, Darren, you had mentioned that uh, he played really well last night. So that's just a further example. Um, I, I think when you look at the Jaguars, <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of that team, frankly. But I, I think this division top to bottom is close. They're going to start canceling each other out. You have two games against the, the Texans mm-hmm. in December. Mm-hmm. A home and home against them in December and, in and a Deshaun, matter of three weeks. Deshaun so. Watson continues to take punishment. The, he, he makes the plays, but the same thing happens every week. He gets hit. He gets the numbers. He keeps them in the game. He is unbelievable as a competitor. But you just wonder, how long can he keep doing it? Well, I just I he got hit all last year, and he kept doing it. I know. 76 times. <laughs> you know, and Deshaun Watson – He's built differently. He's wired differently. That dude, and you look at some of the stuff that he's been through, I don't think you're going to break him because nothing on the football field can compare to what he he went through as, as a youngster, you know, and, and the stuff with his mother. And, uh, yeah, and nothing could compare to that. So, for me, I, I don't think that he is breakable, and I think he'll continue to do it. So, the Bucks come to town. They're coming off a bye. They're a team that um... – Hey, they've been putting up numbers. They've got two legit, what, a 1 and a 1A wide receiver in Mike mm-hmm. Evans and Chris Godwin. I don't know if people <laughs> yeah. watch Chris Godwin this He's year. Balling. He has been tearing it up. He leads them in yards, man. He, I know I got Mike Evans as my fantasy receiver, and every week I, I see Godwin, and I, you know, yeah. I don't curse, so there's a lot of dad garments <laughs> and throw him the fripping ball and that kind of thing, but you're right. 
He has been, they don't, they're not a good running team. Okay, and they don't really have any major threats there. Yeah. They got Winston. They had they got Sue in the offseason from the Rams over on the defensive side of the ball. So when you see the Bucks, what do you see? Shaq Barrett. That's oh, what he's I had see. a monster year. That dude, he <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what he did, but he's in this game and he's wrecking shop. And it's gonna be good to uh get to catch up with Dayon Buchanan, uh former Cardinal, a guy I really like coming out of Washington State. But yeah, I, I think this is a team that you could run the ball against them. You could throw the ball against them. You could put the ball in the end zone. This is a perfect remedy for the Titans' offense. But we know what the Titans are, consistently inconsistent. So even though it's the perfect remedy, don't get too far ahead of yourself because it could definitely end up being a letdown. I have not looked at the line. Have you seen the early line? Two and no. a half. Two I was and a half to Titans. That's yeah, yeah. exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Probably Titans by yeah. two and a half. Yep, that's what they – and yeah. remember, home team typically gets three, three. points. Three, yeah. That's about – that's exactly what I thought it would be. <laughs> right on point. Yep. Teron, good stuff as always. Appreciate I know you got to head over to the facility. It's always good catching up with you and reacting on Monday. And you're right. It is going to be very interesting. That is the intrigue of, okay, they got it done. Now what? Yeah. Now what's going to happen next? Now what's going to happen Can next? they build off that? Or is it back to what we've been doing for a good while now? You know, for back sure. Back to what happened. For sure. And just a, a heads up, Talking With TD is on Spotify and iTunes. Okay. Subscribe to that. Just search Talking With TD. And as a bonus, you get the Chase and TD show yeah. on there as well. I will let you guys know right now, Jeffrey Simmons, I'm going to be talking to him for a good amount of that show. We're going to break down three or four plays, so okay. make sure you tune into that. Awesome. Good stuff. Teron Davenport, appreciate him joining us. See you Friday. As Freaky always, Friday. Buddy Hield, by the way, just saw a four-year, $94 million contract. Wow. Cha-ching. Man, it's good to be an NBA player. Whew. They get some good contracts. We'll come back. Don't forget, this is what I know. At 1145, we had East go to Knoxville at noon. More of Darren, Donnie, and Chase next. Tell us what you know, 737-1025-615-737-1025. You'll win a family four-pack of tickets to CMTSU and FIU at Floyd Stadium. That'll be on Saturday, October 26th. Of course, this Saturday, down in the borough, MTSU hosting FIU. A family four-pack on the line. But you have to tell us what you know. It's open-ended. It's very easy. Take it however you want. Just keep it clean. 737 737- 1025, like mine, which is short and sweet and to the point. Last week, we gave you the Jimmy Shapiro odds, betonline.ag. Next head coach in the NFL to get fired and their list. Mike Vrabel was high on that list. Anthony Lynn was high on that list. Of course, both of them faced off against each other, and we said it'll probably be not good for the losing coach. But this is what I know. The guy who was the favorite to be the next to show in the door be shown the door is absolutely going to get shown the door. Dan Quinn is not going to make it mm. in Atlanta. It's they're falling apart. It is a mess. Oh, but they're backing him up though. It is a, yeah, which is another. You always reason, believe that, which is a, a, another. <laughs> which reason. means they really like him as a person. They believe in him as a person. But from they're a, still going to the <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll the see. reality is they have never recovered from that Super Bowl debacle. They just haven't. Not on his watch. And it's now it's really crumbling. Is it all on him though? Is it is Thomas Dimitrov? Is he well? When you look at 
Look, I'm just saying, when you look at that talent, on, especially yeah. on offense, and look, they've had a lot of bad injuries on defense. It's hurt them. Right. We talked about it going into the game against the Titans. They're minus 78 in points they difference. Are, it's not like they're losing a lot of close games. They're getting soundly beat. Yes. And so, I mean, Dan Quinn is going to get shown the door very, very soon. That's what I know. This is what I know. I love when players overcome a lot of adversity. So I want to give a shout-out to Riley Neal. He gets benched. He comes in in the third quarter of a game that they're leading, throws a pick on the first pass that he throws that sets up the game-tying touchdown. And at that point, did anybody think Vanderbilt was going to win that game? I know I had my doubts. He pulls it off. It it wasn't like he was spectacular, but he recovered. He made some key plays on the touchdown drive that won it. So I just like when a player is put in a bad spot. It looks like you know they're getting tested mentally. They're going to crack, and they come through. So shout out to Riley Neal. I like it. That's a good one. This is what I know. Ryan Ellis is the points leader for the Nashville Predators. And for anyone last year that was, oh, well, he got paid too much. He's not doing his job. He's not doing enough. Shh. Be quiet. <laughs> Silence. Ryan Ellis, a big part of this team in the early part of the season. And by the way, I, I thought he played well last year. I think maybe he was battling through something too. I think it's clear that he was. Yeah. And you were seeing the good Ryan Ellis. You were seeing the Ryan Ellis that was rewarded with a long-term contract, and I love to see it. So uh, Ryan Ellis leading the Preds in points. That's what I know. Something else I know, they just announced that the LSU-Alabama game will be at – Two thirty. Oh no! I was wondering. No, I thought for sure that it would be under the lights, prime time. Nope. CBS game of the week. Two thirty kickoff. Are they going to have a prime time game that day? LSU. Don't think so. In Tuscaloosa, November ninth. November ninth. That's what I know. All right. Have lines available for you to jump in there. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Tell us. What you know, and somebody will get a family four-pack to go see MTSU and FIU down in the borough this Saturday. Let's start things off with Tony in South Nashville. Tony, what do you know? Well, first of all, gentlemen, this is a two-part, just a two-part segment on what I know. The first part is the top ten SEC team, the top ten AP poll. All of them, except the uh, Notre Dame, has a SEC tie, and that's what I know on that part. Second part of this, what I know, nobody wants this. I'm the man that wants this right here. Nobody wants this segment. Give me this segment. This is who I am. Don't question us. Thank you, guys. All right. <laughs> Tony, channel in his inner Derek Mason. That was good. The emotional Derek Mason after the game. That was something. I don't disagree with what he said. In fact, you weren't here, but I did a whole segment of basically backing him up and saying, "Okay, you did fine. Go, who are you going to go get? Who, who, what, what? What's your expectations?" He's completed five seasons. He's been to two bowl games. So an administration that sits on their hands and they're going to do what? You think you're going to strike gold and get two James Franklins? <laughs> in the same decade, right? You think the next James Franklin's just around the corner? And, oh, by the way, the current setup, if you get the next James Franklin, he's going to leave too. So, Derek Mason, you know, he is where he wants to be. I, you know, should it be better? I get it. Does the UNLV loss bad? Yeah, it's bad. 
But <laughs> what what are you going to do? I mean, who, it was awful. I mean, there's no way around. There's no the, way around UNLV that. But I'm saying, so pathetic. when you don't have the backup of of the people above you pumping stuff in, what what, what are you going to do? I mean, I just and what are the real expectations? But I'll, this, but I, I will say this bowl, though. Like I said, two bowl appearances in five seasons. What what is it supposed to be? Three? Is it supposed to be four? Well, it's supposed to be five with years. The, with what the, is it? With the players coming back, the expectations were higher than going one and five. He knows that. Okay, so. He knew he was under some heat, and there was real heat. It wasn't just the fans, right? I it was right. It was real heat. There was some real whispers that it could be over after the UNLV. So he knew it was teetering. So to come out and get that win, that was gigantic. It says a lot because I do think people rooting people are rooting for him. The players love him, right? He's a good person. He's a guy that you want to get behind. And I'm I'm glad that they came up with such a great effort. I, I just I didn't see it coming. I, I was I was in the doldrums. I didn't think they could do I it. I was I was ready I was ready to move on too, and then we talked to him on Tuesday and I walked away from that interview feeling like, man, like I could hear it in his voice and I told Darren when I walked into Barrel House, like, you know what? This had just the feel. Chris Sanders was right. Good for him. Let's go to Robert. Robert, what do you know? This is what I know, is that there's going to be a lot of overreaction today on Jared and the GM with Ryan Tannehill picking up a victory over the bad Chargers team. That Chargers team's not very good. I think Marcus Mariota would have won that game, honestly. Oh, come on. That's what I know. Come on, Robert. It's not overreaction if you're pointing out facts that he got rid of the ball quicker, he was on schedule, as Teron was saying. Come on. Don't start. (sighs) Keep going. By the way, Chargers are not that bad. By the way, we have their, a text. Their record is two and five. They got a lot of injuries, and that team is one. Tw- what did they win last year? How many games? Twelve. Twelve. Twelve, Twelve and four so. last year. That's what I had in my head. I thought they were 12 and four. We have a text from D Mace that says, This is what I know. Willie is crazy about Riley Neal. Old Coach Willie. <laughs> did I say anything of that? I thought he was he a great said, quarterback. He said, he's, been, he's been terrible. He said, Neal put them in that situation. He right. should get them he's, out. Did I? not say that he's been terrible I'm just he has been a disappointment what D-May says. I, 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 I disagree with this i called you coach Willie. i know well i've been i won't be the last time let's go to barrett can i not give a shout out to a guy who's down and out i, I you know don't shoot the messenger from a, a terrible i'm just mistake. the messenger i'm just reading a text i thought it was over he, he was he was crumbling <laughs> he was he was drowning but he came up for air and he got it done give the man a little credit Thanks, Coach. And, and he's going to go right back to the bench. Mohassan will start in the next game unless he's got physical issues from that dirty hit. Let's go down to the borough. Barrett, what do you know? Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, this is what I know. The Exit 111 Festival people were really, really superb, man. Thanks to the awesome, awesome 1025 the game, I was caller six and won some passes for the weekend. Went down there. It was incredibly well-coordinated. Uh, the trash was picked up every day. The staff were great. The the layout was great. The infrastructure was great. The acts were great. I just can't give enough kudos to those people. That was uh, uh, thank you one zero two five, the game because that was an awesome prize and I uh, really appreciate it. All right, good stuff. A little props to Exit One Eleven, first year of doing it down in Manchester. Little Guns and Roses, little Def Leppard. Yep. Slayer. Yeah. Let's go to Adam. Adam, what do you know? That's what I know, man. 
there's no way Marcus Mariota won that game yesterday. That last caller, man, he no. There's no, I, I counted at least three or four times he would have took a sack, including the Corey Davis touchdown pass because you had to be so fast on that. And I, I sat there and I replayed that. And when I looked over it, I'm thinking, well, he probably steps up a little bit right here, sees nothing, and then takes a sack. So, whatever, that caller sucked, man. Get behind 17 or get out of here. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Yeah, I don't think we know the answer to it, but I suspect most of us do not feel the same way. Let's go to Big Orange. Big Orange, what do you know? This is what I know. The officiating on both ends – NFL and college suck. <laughs> I know they mentioned it, the damn game at Alabama, and then they go to that ball-headed guy sitting in his hotel room, wherever you know. Well, what do you think about this? Well, here's what I think. Well, he sucked when he was official, and why they raised him up to the next level, I don't know. And then that Tortori Yankee fella, wherever he's from, in the NFL same way so you know what you need to do start pulling money out of their pockets and the officiating probably will get a little bit better and to you alabama fans this is from ed lsu hey boys you're gonna shove him and cigars up your butt when we get through with you goodbye <laughs> okay. already a little trash talking for november 9th by the way that's gonna be that'll be a fun game awesome at least i hope an awesome game one more. Kevin. Kevin, what do you know? Hey, uh, this is what I know. I know your show is really good. I listen almost every day. But what I really know is the Titans have a really good punter, and you guys should probably talk more about him because he's the one that helps out the defense by pinning the opposing offense inside the 20-yard line. Okay. That's what I know. Thank Thanks. you, Kevin. Uh, I would every say week. on this show we've probably propped up the punter and talked about the punter more than anybody talks about a punter. We had the we had the old punter. I don't know how much punter discussion you can have, but we've certainly have uh, said it repeatedly all year. He's the best punter in the NFL. We talked to the previous punter about this punter. Yes, Greg Hendry. We've had a lot of punter talk. We have. And most you can. By have. the way, it throws a nice little spiral there too. Yeah, yeah, nice little play. MVP. He does it all. MVP. He does in fact, it all. the la- I mean, they they actually documented uh, Craig Hendrick's fake punt back in the day. What they they used the year. I can't remember what year it was. Oh four, oh three, something like that. But they had not completed a pass uh-huh. by a punter since that, Very nice. that time. All right, we'll come back. We'll head east to kick off the third hour of Darren, Donnick, and Chase. That's next. Hour number three, Darren, Donnick, and Chase on this rainy Monday morning. Don't forget, if you're out and about, the rain continues, which it's supposed to pretty much all day. Uh, just if there's any standing water or anything, just be careful out there on the roads. We head east at this time. Every Monday we go to Knoxville. We check in with Vince Ferrara at Vince Sports on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's with WNML, the sports animal there in Knoxville after the loss down in Tuscaloosa. Vinny, how you doing? Good, gentlemen. How you doing? Good. What's been the reaction today? Well, I, you know, anger at some and pride in others i think the fans like the fact that the team played hard they can see some development now that you can point to now three weeks where they've seen some signs of life and some improvement 
Um, you know, things obviously to stay close to the number one team. There, yes, you you want to win the game, but I think there's a lot of fans that still feel like, hey, you know, we we can build off of this. And then there's anger at the officiating and at Jared Garantano uh, for you know that fumble at the one yard line that he, they bring it in after a long drive of eight minutes. You punch that in, you're within eight points on the number one team yeah. at their place with seven minutes to go. So um, yeah, 14 it's, a, points it's a combination swing. of feelings. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that was tough. That was an absolute backbreaker. And, of course, Jeremy Pruitt was not happy on the sidelines and Garantano was coming off. What, what did you make of the whole exchange uh, heading to the sidelines? The hell, the face mask tug. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with it, but Pruitt needs to know better. That that's to me how I summarize that. It's not a big deal. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. It's like I think it's kind of like a parent turning turning a kid, turning their shoulder or, or whatever, and saying, "Look at me when I'm talking to you, son." I, I think it was to that like that. I don't think it's a big deal in the in the the actual act. But I, I think Jeremy Pruitt needs to know better in today's climate, in today's world that that's going to be looked at wrong. Uh, people are, it's going to be made a big deal of. Uh, and then people are going to have negative things to say about you and your program. So he needs to stay clear from that, even though I don't think the act itself is, you know, is a big deal at all. Another problem with it is not only is the, some of the national reaction, but they're all, that's also going to be another little thing that your rivals and people in recruiting are going to use against you. And that he is going to have to try to fight off. I'm not saying it's devastating and something he can't overcome, but when this team this team has plenty of other things they're having a fight off of in in their recruiting battles right now to try to bring in the elite players that they need to to improve the roster. So now you're adding another little thing out there that he's got to combat. He and his staff have to combat in recruiting. So that's the bottom line of how I look at it. Look, I understand all the people out there, and I get it, uh, especially the older we get. You know, you look at the new generation, you're like, oh, gosh, they're so soft. I mean, I get, I saw all that stuff, and I, and I get it. I do. Because I didn't think it was that big of a deal either. But to your point, on the other hand, I also understand that, and he has to understand that it's 2019, man. We're about to go into 2020, and that's just not whatever we feel, whatever we think, no matter how right we think we are, it's just not how things are done today. It's not how you operate today. And... That's just what it is. You you can kick and scream all you want. I like I said, I understand their thoughts. It was a quick little tug. And there are a lot of people like, get over yourself. This society is so soft and these kids right, you know, blah blah. We all heard it, right? We all we all saw it and heard it. And I get it. But you also have to know as a head coach in a big Division One school, you have to understand the climate of today. And like you said, it'll be used against him, fairly or unfairly. That's just what it'll be. Right. I don't know how much you know ramifications there will be. I don't know how much it truly hurts them. But you just have to know you can't do that today. That's just what it is. No, I agree. It's just something you can you can avoid and still get your point across the same way. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a little bit with the, the head injuries, and that might lead into what you'll probably ask me about next, and Maurer, in that, you know, the, some of the, the, the way he has referenced in the past some of, some of the head injuries, like he just got his bell rung, not necessarily Maurer specifically, but 
you know, at other times, it, it comes across as not being sensitive to it. But I, that doesn't mean that he's not sensitive to it. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a guarantee that that he isn't. I mean, we, you saw a shot of him talking about Brian Maurer when he came out of the tent uh, in that Alabama game, and basically he was telling them, you're done, son. So uh, it's not – that's just one of those things where you're learning on your job. It's not that he's not sensitive to it. It's you don't want to give people – the window to interpret that you aren't. So, yeah. um, you know, it's just uh, one of those things is, you know, at some point, we'll, you know, we'll see if, if if that changes or maybe he's not worried about it. Uh, but, you know, winning winning can flush that. Losing, it surfaces. It compounds it. it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah. Good point. What What do you think he – I mean, he, he was obviously upset over the result, right? We know, it's like we just described. It was a 14-point swing. It's a critical, critical play in the game. But – there seemed to be a little bit extra layer to it. Do you think Garantano changed the play? I mean, what what do you think? It seemed like there was a little extra oomph to his anger. Yeah, I'm glad you you asked me that because it absolutely. I think he changed the play, and we have heard that he that Garantano has unsuccessfully changed plays at times this year to plays that didn't work out or were the wrong plays. Then Brian Greasy, during the broadcast, when I went back and watched it, he mentioned early when Garantano would come into the game that, you know, look, he's a good kid, blah, blah, blah. But at times, he has changed plays to the wrong ones, and they haven't worked out. And then later in the game, in that situation, you saw it again. The blocking scheme tells you exactly what the play was supposed to be, and it wasn't blocked like it was a quarterback sneak. They ran a quarterback sneak earlier in the game and it was blocked much differently when uh, when Maurer got in. And and then the you see the players reaction like what just happened. So I do think that even if Garantano didn't audible to tell everyone else what the play was going to be, I think he might have just done it himself thinking, "Hey, I can I'm going to punch this in and and we're going to get to within eight points." And I think that's why Pruitt responded the way he did. When Pruitt was asked about the play again for clarification today during his press conference, he said, look, we all know what happened, right? He didn't come out and say he ran his own play, but that to me tells me he ran his own play. And unfortunately, it, it was the wrong, again, it was the wrong play, and I think it was the, it was hero ball from Jarrett. And it, it was it, if they punch that in, he can, and they end up close, or who knows when in the game. If you just run the right play and they get that in, he could have still been the hero without necessarily having to to match Maurer in touchdown runs and quarterback sneaks. I, I don't know what he was thinking in that situation, but it was the wrong decision. It didn't work out. And that's, I think, why there was that kind of of reaction because he did his own thing when they had driven eight minutes, uh, fourteen plays, eight sixty six yards, and eight minutes to get in position to get within a score on the road of the number one team in the country, and then you go and do your own thing. Uh, that was that was just very difficult for everybody to swallow, and that's one of the biggest things that's drawn reactions today. What do you think is the fallout from all this, or is there one? Well, he didn't. Well, it, it's it's that I don't know that he's going to play. That's what um, I'm getting at. And, is is this is yeah. this the beginning of the end? 
Well, it could be. Now, Pruitt today, even though he he didn't he he didn't completely take uh, Garantino off the hook in terms of of his mistakes, but he did defend him. He said he still he said he believes in him. He said they have a relationship. And he's going to coach him hard, um, like he coaches uh, all the players hard. But you know, he complimented some of his throws in the pocket, and 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 he he said he he believes he has what it takes. He just needs to be more consistent so he can play at a higher level. Um, maybe that's just him taking the high road and not totally throwing the kid under the bus. But J.T. Shrout played after that, and he basically said when he was asked about Mauer status and if if it's not Mauer this Saturday in South Carolina. Would it be Garantano or Shrout? And he basically said, you know, we'll, we'll see how the week goes. Um, so I, that, to me, when it's clearly been Garantano before, tells me that it could very well be J.T. Shrout. We'll see. Just uh, I think it, a part of it is going to depend on how ready Shrout is. If he's not ready and he can potentially make more mistakes in their eyes as Garantano, then they may have to may have to ride the wave with Garantano, but I, I think uh, there's a good chance you could see them still go another route uh, until, you know, it, and it's a pra- It's not just the, the practices, it's the game. So that's why I have a hard time making a decision off of practice because Garantano practices well. It's those in-game decisions that crush him. And so I don't know that you can fully judge off of practice for Garantano, you have to judge and make a judgment off of Shrout, and it could very well be the redshirt freshman if Maurer can go, which I would be surprised if he does with now concussions in two consecutive weeks. All right, more with Vince Ferrara on the other side, the sports animal in Knoxville, WNML, at Vince Sports on Twitter. More discussion with him next on ESPN 1025 The Game. 